Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. Before I went, I traveled, I was trying to, that, that last Sunday, I was trying to teach you something. You remember? What, what was it? Reflection. Oh, guys, you are, oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I, no, I don't believe this. You guys are that smart. You remember? I can't believe, I thought you forgotten a long time ago because of the way some of you can eat. You know, a lot of eating can make you forget very quickly. Those of you who are writing exams. But I didn't know that you guys can remember. That, what did I say? Reflection. Counterpart. I never got to explain these words to you. I, I, I think I attempted to do reflection. How Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, let us. He needed to sit down and have a committee meeting. He had a committee before he could create human being. After, he just said, let there be and there was. Let there be and there was. Let there be and there was. But when he called, gave to human beings, he said, we, have to, we need to have a meeting. We need to sit down. So they said, they said let us. So it's a decision. Let us make man, not in my image, but in our image. God is an us. It's an our. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the earth. And then God, Bible says that in the, God created man, made man in his image. In his image, God created him. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, created he him. Male and female. You must be mad to say there's more than this. It's just so basic science. Basic science. The alphabets, English alphabets are how many? 26. Don't try and make it 29 or 19. Because you don't like A. You don't like Z. So you are reducing it to something that is not. God created them in his image. So God is, guess what? God is, in his, the image of God is male and female. Any other thing is not the image of God. So female, a female was created in the image of God. Male created in the image of God. Ah, so are you trying to say God is she? God is not she, he's he. But still, you can find the image of a male in him and the image of a female in him. Because one gender cannot reflect God properly, truly. So he created the two, shall be one flesh. Anyway, so he created man in his image so that when you look at man, it's like you're seeing God. Ah. Do you know that that girl on your phone, the, the video of that girl on your phone, is the image, but it's not that girl. It's not the girl. Because you can't talk to the girl and tell her that go and bring the bowl from the corner and then send the image on your phone. Can you do that? You can't do that. Image is just reflection. 
Some, some people, yesterday I was at a function and I met some people. Some people came to me. They said, this is my first time meeting you. I've always been watching you. I've always been watching. I'm so honored to meet you. But I didn't know they've been watching me. Because not me, they're watching my image on YouTube or Facebook or somewhere. So they've been watching. But you know, you are, there's a difference between those of you here and those who'll be watching later. The difference, you're actually watching me. You're not watching my image. So Jesus came on earth and he says that, if you have seen me, because God created us in his image, but it wasn't, it, he's finished creating us, but the image had not been perfected. We have the image, but we didn't have the life. And it takes the life of God to, ref, to manifest God, to manifest God. See, now this image on the screen, my image, has not got my life. So when I live, it's also living. I can't go and leave the image there to continue living for me. Continue what I will do. But God wanted to put his life inside us. So it's not just that we are mimicking God. So when God lifts his hand, we have left, lifted our hands. When he brings it down, we have brought it down. That's not what it is. He's, he's created us in his image so that we can live and reflect him. So everywhere you go, even if God is not showing up, you are reflecting God. That's why Jesus, everywhere he went, in fact, in John chapter 5, verse 17, he said, my father worketh, he that will I work. He said, the son cannot do anything by himself except that what he sees the father do. He said, the father gives life, and so the son also gives life. Whatever the father does, I do. When you see him walking, the father is actually on earth walking. Even though he could watch this, even though he could pray to the father. He was praying to the father, and yet he and the father are one. When you see him, the reflection of God, the perfect reflection of God was encaptured, or was captured in Christ, was uh, encapsulated was encapsulated in Christ. When you look at Christ in John chapter 14, verse 9, he says that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Have I been with you so long, and yet you don't know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. I'm, I'm just the same as the Father. Why? But there's never anywhere he said, I am the Father. He never said, I am the Father. But he said, I and the Father are one. Jesus is not the Father, and the Father is not Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is God, the Father is God, Jesus is God, and all these three persons are the expression of God. So when Jesus is here in in Colossians chapter 2, Verse 9, it says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What does it mean? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of God is in him. So when he was on earth, he wasn't like part God. So the Father and the Holy Ghost are somewhere, and he's just a third of God. He wasn't even half God. He wasn't two thirds of God. He wasn't three quarters of God. He wasn't 99% God. He was 100% God. When you look at Christ, everything about Christ is fully expressing God. So then if you haven't seen God before, you are, oh, I want to see God, just look at Christ. 
He's the mystery. He's the expression. He's the definition. He's, he's, he's the reflection of God. Remember, reflection. The reason why God created us was the purpose of reflection. But before we could fully reflect him, we created us in his image. Now he wanted to put his life in us. So then we we are not lifeless images, but we are lively images. Oh, come on. So when you read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says that we also as lively stones. Do you see that? You also, as lively, we are not meant to be lifeless images. We are supposed to be lively images. So Jesus Christ came to introduce the life of God into us. So it doesn't get very complicated for you. Because the more I'm talking, some of you will be having more questions rather. But it's part of life because we are dealing with mystery. When we explain one, of, one part of it, you will get other questions. Anything you study, into, if you start studying into these speakers, as soon as you take off, you realize that there is more to the speaker than you thought. And so then you'll be asking about, okay, this diaphragm that I'm now seeing, what is behind the diaphragm? So that will also introduce other questions and more questions. And you'll be going more and more, but your comprehension will become more solid than the one who just sees the speaker. That's what education is about, and particularly specialization is about. Someone is a specialist in the ears. Ear specialist or skin, is a medical doctor, but skin specialist. These are all medical doctors, but they have all their specialities. Why? Because they've taken deep, they've gone deeper, and the, the further you are going, you are seeing more questions until you get to a place where you have, you have mastered the subject. So the more you are knowing, or the more you are researching into something, the more questions you have, but after a while, you begin to have a certain, you can't, no human being has totality of knowledge. That's why even specialists have to keep updating themselves and researching and studying. So when it comes to God, when you look at Jesus Christ, he's not just a half of God. He's not just 80% of God. He's 100% God. When, so when Jesus was walking on the earth, the Godhead, what's the Godhead? I can't hear you. What's the Godhead? For the last time, louder. What's the Godhead? So that's the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when he was walking on earth, he was a combination, a totality of... That's what we just read. In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead physically. So the best and the greatest and the, the... most absolute expression, physical expression, anybody can give of God, the Godhead, was captured in Christ. Now, that is what we were meant to be in the garden for his reflection. But before the life of God could come in, the lives of Satan came in. That's why you are struggling with addiction. The addiction is not of God, it's of the devil. The behavioral issue, the problem, the laziness, all the negative traits in your life that are messing you up is not of God, it's of the devil. That is why Christ came to set us free from the hold of the devil. I know you've been trying, you think you are good enough, you can try to do better. Please, where your situation is not about doing better, you just need Christ. You need to be free. You are in prison. You are in prison. You can do better and better, but you are in prison. There are people here who are prisoners of one thing or the other. Some people are prisoners of alcohol, 
prisoners of food, prisoners of money, stealing, behavior, bitterness. Some of you are so bitter. You just can't forgive. Prisoner. You are a prisoner. And Jesus Christ came to set us free. But how, why is it that I don't want to do it, but I'm still doing it? I don't want to be angry, but I'm always bitter. Why? It's because Satan has hijacked an aspect of your life. Yeah. It's satanic control and domination. You are like, you are not your own. How many of you have done things you didn't want to do before? That's the definition of human being. Wow. How many of you are human beings? How many of you have done things you didn't want to do before? You said things you didn't want to say. You lied, you didn't want to. You see, that's why you make a mistake to treat people based on what they do. Because sometimes you are doing something, but it's not, it's not really you. You are not, what you do is not a definition of your real you. But that's how human beings will treat you. Human beings will treat you the way you behave. But God does not treat you the way you behave. He treats you the way he made you. And, but you are stuck in the way you behave. So he wants to introduce his life into you. That's what being born again is about. When he introduces his life into you, so his life can now help you to move away from how you behave to who you have to be. Do you understand that? Now, God created us to be his reflection. That's all he wants from you. So when you are a Christian, you are supposed to start the reflection program. The last verse in John chapter 2. I think, uh, what's, what's John chapter 2, the last verse? Jesus didn't want anyone to testify about him. Why? Because he knew what was a man. He knew human beings. You can look at the verse before 24. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. You know what that means? He knows that you will let him down. Yeah. How many of you have ever let God down? How many of you believe I've let God down before? Yes, I have. But why did I let God down? Because I'm a human being. Sometimes I feel the Lord is telling me, wake up at this time and pray. Oh. never born at all. So human means he did not commit himself to human anyone because he knew what was in man. He knew what was in man. That's why. Why didn't Jesus commit himself to anyone? Another way of putting it, he knew human beings are human beings. Amen. So, we were all created in God's image. But you don't look like God when you are fornicating. You don't, that's what sin did. Sin came to distort the image of God in us. So, the Bible says, for all have sinned. Romans 3, 23. And falling short of the glory of God. However, Christ came to restore the image. Okay. So we were created to reflect God. Say, I'm created to reflect God. I'm created to reflect God. You didn't say it. I'm created to reflect God. Say it out louder. I'm created to reflect God. Yeah. 
So that the reason why Jesus came on earth, this is very important. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 and Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Colossians 1 15 says that uh, for he is the he is the image of the God who cannot be seen. But is that not how we were created? To be the image. Now, because of sin, he came to show us the actual image. He was the only one who lived on earth with the full image and expression. Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 3 says that he is the express image of God's person. Wow. The person of God is expressly defined in Christ. Amen. Are you getting something? So, Christ is the image of God. We are meant to be, we are meant to be the image, but because of sin, we fall short of the glory of God. Christ came to be the image. So, why did God create us? To be his reflection. Why did God create us? To be his reflection. I can't hear you. To be his reflection. Why did God create us? To be his reflection. So, God created us to be. So, if you are born again, you have to start reflecting him. Maybe not in the total picture, like Christ did, but that's what spiritual growth is about. As you are growing, you are looking more like God, not just exteriorly, but internally. The, 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 the core, who you really are, is, is coming in sync with what the scripture says, that you are becoming so much like God. God expresses himself through you and fulfills his agenda through you. Amen. So that is reflection. And then we go to the next word. What's the next word? Huh? I can't hear you. That is such a very important word. The reason why God created us because he wanted an, an enlargement. For us to be his enlargement. That is why this is very important. Somebody please listen to me. God is a spirit. Let's say that together. But God is also three persons. A person. Three. The Father is a person. The Son is a person. The Spirit is a person. And all these three persons are one essence, one nature, one God. Okay. And then the person of Jesus Christ, watch this. This is very beautiful. Oh, this is the beautiful Christian story. The person of Jesus. God is how many persons? Three. What's the theological word for it? Trinity. So God is how many? Three. God is one. But how many persons? Three. God is always one. God is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. In um, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he said there is one God. So what, what's, what's the meaning? There's one God. In Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 4, 5, 6. It says that one, in 5, 6, it says one God and one God and Father of all. How many gods? One. So God is one. One God and Father of all. So God is one, but that's the Godhead, but manifests himself as a, no, it's manifests himself. God is one, but three persons in one. The three persons are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, so God the Son is the second person of the Godhead. 
or the second person of the triune God. Triune, un, unity, one. Tri, three. So triune, anytime you come across the word triune, we mean three in one God. Okay, so God the Son is the second person of the triune God. So God the Son is a person. Is it clear? Am I confusing you? Are you sure? So God is one God, three persons. God the Father, okay, God is how many? How many persons is God? What are the persons? I can't hear you. So what's the first person of the Trinity? What's the second person of the Trinity? What's the third person of the Trinity? Now, the second person of the Trinity, what's he, who is he? So is Jesus a person? That is God, the second person of the Godhead. Now, that second person of the Godhead became a human being. Prior to that, he didn't have human nature. He only had the essence of God or the nature of God. Listen to this very carefully. Then he became, when did he become a human being? In the incarnation. You know what incarnation means? When he became a human being in Mary's womb, a fetus. That is, that is when God was incarnated. So anytime you hear the word, the incarnation of God, watch this. Jesus Christ came and wrapped incarnation. He was incarnated. In other words, he became, another way to put it, he took on flesh. Or John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. That is what in Christian circles, in theological circles, we call it the incarnation. So anytime in Christianity you hear the word incarnation, it's not talking about you. It's not talking about me. It's talking about Christ. Because he, watch this, he pre-existed before he became incarnated, okay? Incarnation connotes and suggests that there was a pre-existence. None of us pre-existed. He's the only pre-existing one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word that was with God and was God became flesh. So before the Word came, it was. Jesus was before he became. Now watch this. So Jesus Christ was incarnated. He became flesh. The incarnation brought God amongst men. So as he was walking amongst us, he was the second, the second person of the Trinity. So he had the divine nature, and yet he also now has taken on the human nature. So the second person of the Trinity had one person but two Natures. What are the natures in the second person of the Trinity? The nature of God. I can't hear you. The nature of God and the nature of man. The nature of human beings. But his nature was not like ours because his nature could not sin. His human nature did not sin. But our human nature keeps sinning. Why did his human nature not sin? Because he was sent to come and save sinners. How can you go to court to go and bail somebody when you are a criminal? So, because he came, in fact, the Bible says that God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him. Let's all read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Let's go. 
So Christ knew no sin. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, our high priest was without sin. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Romans chapter 8, verse 3, it talks about how God sends forth his son in the likeness of a sinful flesh. But he didn't mean he had sin. Because he didn't have sin, that's why his blood can save you. It's important. Because his, his blood was a pure blood, sinless blood. A sinless, it takes a sinless blood to save sinners. The blood of goats is less. I've taught you this over and over. Okay, so Jesus Christ, anytime you saw Jesus when he was alive, when he was on earth, anytime you saw Jesus, you are seeing one person but two natures. Mm. Satan doesn't like that message. In fact, the Bible says the Antichrist in 1 John chapter 4, it says the Antichrist says that Christ has not come in the flesh. Mm. The Antichrist says that Christ has not come in the flesh. Yes, it's there. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. So the Antichrist does not accept that God came in the flesh. All right? But that is a very important thing. You can't, oh, oh, listen to this. But why is that important? You need to understand this. The, the Antichrist, the Antichrist says that Christ has not come in the flesh. The Antichrist says that God doesn't have to be in the flesh. But the question is, but why does he have to be in the flesh? Because he didn't come to save spirits. Now, when you are owing the bank money, and I say, oh, oh, don't worry, they are now chasing you for the money, and I give you bottles of water to go to the bank, give it to the bank. That is a fair exchange. It's nothing. It's what they need is money. So if human being is owing, human beings might, human being might pay. And so God Himself said, "They are owing me. We don't owe the devil." I've been explaining this always, and you never should forget it because that what I was coming to say when I came to stand here is that you can never be saved if you don't believe that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for your sins. There are things in the Bible you might not understand and believe. For instance, you might even think Satan does not exist. You might even think the Bible is not fully the word of God. That is not necessary for your salvation. But the only thing that is necessary for your salvation is Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. God became flesh. If you can't believe that, you cannot be saved. It is necessary. So some people say, but, but. Do I need to believe that Jesus came in the flesh? It doesn't matter what I believe. I just believe that God is good. You don't understand. You don't understand. Because you are just hoping and wishing. You don't understand legalities. You don't understand justice system. God is a just God. How many of you have sinned before? I've sinned before. How many of you have sinned before? And how many of you know God doesn't like sin? So if you have sinned before, God doesn't like sin. Must he punish sin? How many of you know God must punish sin? If he doesn't punish sin, he's not righteous. But why should he punish you? Because you are a human being. But why should he punish me because I'm a human being? Because of the things you have been doing. You have sinned before, haven't you? You've lied before, haven't you? You've stolen before, haven't you? You've done things before that you shouldn't have done, haven't you? So then God must punish you. 
So then none of us will meet the standard of God because we are all human beings. And God has given us a standard and you can't keep to it. So what does he do? That means that we will constantly be in debt. And so how can you please God when you are in debt? But he wants you to please him and reflect him. So then he said, me, myself, I'm going to come as a human being. And so, come say. Um, So this is God. Let's say I'm God. Face me. Let's say I'm God. And I give him my standard. And he can't meet it. It's like you are struggling to hold it. He can't meet it. He can't hold it. Yes, yes. He can't hold it. So no man can keep the standards of God. So God himself became man. So that he can keep the standard of God on the behalf of man. So that when come, let's say you are God and you are coming to deal with man, now he has met your standard. So you can now say, God, we can, we can, we can. That's what Christianity is about. You understand that? So that's why it's not, it's not like you have behaved so well, God now has to accept you. No. You have, you have to believe that God has taken care of it and put your faith in Jesus. What do you put your faith in? That he is God. He came to die for your sins. That means that if you, are not, if you don't think you are a sinner, you cannot be saved. Because you have to believe you are a sinner before you accept that you need a savior. If you don't think you are a sinner, why would you need a savior? Like some of you, you don't have any death disappointment. <laughs> why? Because you don't think you need it. But when you start having toothache, say God forbid. When you start having toothache and it's bad, and you are talking to your friend, say, I really have to go to the dentist. Right away, your friend knows that, yeah, I think you have a problem with your teeth. If you don't have any dental problem whatsoever, dental problem, you you won't have anything to do with dentists. Hello? Some of you, you don't have insurance. You don't have a car insurance. Why? Uh, Do you have a car insurance? Why? You don't have car Police will arrest you. Why don't you have a car insurance? I don't have a car. You don't have a car? Oh, okay. So if you don't have a car, you don't need a car insurance. Right, so why would the police expect you to have a car insurance when you don't have a car? Why would the police expect you to pay road tax when you don't don't have a car? But when you have a car, you need to pay, have insurance. You need to pay the road tax. Now, watch this, when you see me online looking for car insurance, it means that, oh, have I bought a car? Now, if you come to Christ and say you you want a savior, that means you know you are a sinner. If you say you don't need a savior, that means you think you are not a sinner. How can you be saved without knowing you are a sinner? That's why I'm saying that nobody can be saved if you don't believe that Christ came as a human being, though he was God, to come and save you from your sins. That is the beginning. Now, that is the condition under which God will save you, not because you are behaving right. In hell, there will be a lot of good people who have been behaving good, but they will go to hell. Because you are, listen, listen. What makes you think you can behave to become a Christian? What makes you think you can behave? Okay, Christianity, if I say Christian, it will be looked too far from some of you. How can you behave to become a child of God? You can't even behave so well to become a child of the king. How can you behave to become a child of God? You want to be a prince in this country, you better go, go and get born again. Yeah, you, you, you're getting it. You get, you're getting it. You, you, you have to be born again from a different womb. The womb you are born from will determine your genealogy. So if you want to be royalty in God, if you want to be part of the family of God, then it starts to imply that you have to be 
born again. Shout hallelujah. This is important. So Christ came on earth so that he can meet all the legal high standard of requirements from God, which human beings couldn't meet because we are just human. See, so there are things we want to do which we are not supposed to do. It's human. And in the same way, the laws of God which we want to do, most of the time we don't do. So if God leaves us to be obeying commandments before he saves us, we are going to be in trouble. That's why he said, me, myself, I'm coming to save you. And when I'm coming to save, I don't want only you. I want you. I want you. I want you. Listen, listen. I want you. I want you. I want you. Why? Because I want an enlargement on the earth. I want an enlargement. So that is why we cannot stop doing outreach. Because God is still saving people for his enlargement. He created us so he can expand himself on earth. We are reflecting him on earth, but we are growing an enlargement. So he created us to be his reflection. And number two, he created us to be his enlargement. Next week, I'll go on how he created us to be his habitation. Oh, I love that the most. Habitation. Then afterwards, I'll talk about how he created us to be his counterparts. You know what a counterpart is? A companion. A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become counterparts. Did you receive something? Give Jesus praise. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at davidentry underscore. And find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.